Jesus' message of peace is one that most of us yearn to hear and know. Peace be with you. Peace the world seldom gives. But this, I can't seem to skip past the opening colic that speaks of a new covenant of reconciliation. Nor are the disciples locked behind the doors of the house because of fear. Fear and reconciliation and peace. In today's world, I can think of so many people who are living with fear for a myriad of different reasons. Fear of war, fear of acceptance, fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of violence, fear of differences, fear. What fears do you hold? The disciples were gathered behind locked doors for good reason to be fearful. Over the weeks Jesus was crucified, he had now appeared three times to his beloved women and disciples. They were convinced of Jesus' resurrection, boldly going, going forth as Jesus had commanded them to do baptizing over 5,000, proclaiming Jesus as Messiah and Lord, healing in his name, and doing exactly what Jesus, what got Jesus crucified in the first place. One would suspect that the Romans were as concerned as ever about insurrections and riots, and many faithful Jew Jewish people simply did not believe that Jesus was the one. So in other words, the notion that Jesus was the Messiah was blasphemous. Jesus' understanding of God was counterculture to what the Jewish community understood to be true of God. Being a disciple of Jesus was risky business back then and still today in some circles and parts of the world. I wonder, how often do we wear our faith on our sleeves, living what we confess and believe for our neighbors to experience? I suspect that many of us go under the radar often. Back to fear, peace, and reconciliation. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to travel to Israel, the West Bank of Palestine, and to the Gaza Strip. Outside of Nazareth, not far from the Sea of Galilee, I met a Melkite priest by the name of Elias Shakur. He had opened a K-12 school for children of all faith traditions, especially Arab children and girls. Shakur has written several books at Palestinian Christian Blood Brothers, We Belong to the Land, and others. The book We Belong to the Land is the story of his family, their relationship to the land, his ministry in small churches and villages, 
his call to open a school and to advocate, advocate for, for peace. Elias Shakur would eventually become an archbishop and recognized internationally for his leadership and efforts to promote peace and reconciliation among the people of this promised land. For Shakur, Jesus is an ever-present companion. He writes, Long ago, I learned that because I love God, Christ is visible to me. I can just close my eyes and see him inside myself. I can see him inside myself. I can see Christ on the events unfolding around me. I see him in the faces of people whom I encounter, with whom I speak. To me, Christ is not an idea, a philosophy, a theology, or a system of thinking. Christ is not even a church. Jesus Christ is a living person, the living, loving God. He is my compatriot from Galilee. The stories of resurrection that Shakur tells in his books are about new life in the people he serves. This does not negate the promise of eternal life with God. Rather, it suggests that the opportunities for resurrection are here and now, in and through all of us, in ways that we show up, we love, we live, we live what we believe, we share what has been given to us, we forgive, and we learn from the past. The peace of Christ transcends walls and barriers in a world of fear. However, this is not always enough for there to be reconciliation. Not for us, not for the Jewish people who have suffered greatly, not for the Palestinians or other indigenous people worldwide, nor for any one or group of people who have suffered as a result of oppression, discrimination, xenophobia, privilege, or any other source of power, hate, or violence in this world. Theologian Naeem Atik, a Palestinian Christian, is convinced that justice must come first. In his book, A Palestinian Theology of Liberation, The Bible, Justice, and the Palestinian-Israel Conflict, he writes, once justice is done, peace will emerge. The fruit of justice is peace, but peace is not the end. The objective must be reconciliation and forgiveness. It is important to undo the effects of injustice, discrimination, and oppression in order to achieve healing. Reconciliation and forgiveness are not the ultimate in the achievement of a genuine peace. Let me say that again. Reconciliation and forgiveness are the ultimate in the achievement of a genuine peace. As I reflected on our gospel of resurrection and peace, living with fear and with a prayer of reconciliation, 
I was drawn back to Palestine, to the setting of our story in a place that still struggles to experience peace and among people who have yet to be reconciled. Atik explains the Palestinian people are the offspring of all the ancient tribes that inhabited Cana in its ancient name from time immemorial. Before colonialism played its role, the Zionist movement was established to secure a home for the Jewish people in Palestine based upon historic texts. We are seeing these same battles fought today, once again, as well as the challenges and threats of our new battles on horizon. Justice and reconciliation are not only needed among the peoples and powers of the world. I wonder if there are opportunities for healing broken relationships within our own circles of friends and family and within our own church for there to be peace, both within and beyond. The process is often the same. Let us begin with the offering of peace, experience resurrection and new life, then commit ourselves to the work of justice, reconciliation, and forgiveness for there to be true peace in our hearts, in our families, in this land, and in the world. Amen.